So I tried to connect somehow the psychology and, uh, and the making the coffee, which I think it could perfectly work together. Uh, when I first check up what uh, temple tantrum means, I check up the dictionary and uh, I was a little bit stressed because the temperate was something like manipulating and bribing and something like that. And tantrum was like hysterical attack of anger. That was the first words from the dictionary. So, okay, what I will be talking about, about anger maybe, because uh, it's stressful work sometimes. Um, but no, 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 I will not think about the attack of my anger uh, in work. I think you, everybody knows that. <laughs> Uh, so I will try to put somehow the psychology in the in the work. What is for, to me important during my work, and I see the big problem in uh, a lot of my coworkers, my colleagues, that they are doing the work but without using their minds. They are like sometimes they are like robots. I see the difference. Big, the big difference is like uh, I change to big working environments, if I say that. I worked in a cafe, which was not so busy, and we make around maybe 200 coffees a day, but we look forward, uh, or we look after more about the customers. There were bigger, bigger, bigger approach to the customers, and it gives me a lot because I find out how to work with the people, with the customers. Now I turn another coffee shop, and we are much more busier. It's more like, fast food, if I say it in a really bad way. We make around 600 coffees a day, and we spread the works. In the old cafe, I make the whole coffee myself. And with that cafe shop, we need to split the work. So somebody's steaming the milk, somebody's making the shots, somebody's taking the till and, and talk with the customers. And it gives me a lot as well, but I see that the customer service is losing a little bit. And I'm afraid of that because I think it's the most important thing in my work because, how I said, there will be no coffee without the customers. So it's difficult, and we need to handle this somehow. And with my colleagues, if if I if I look it like behind and see the colleagues, I see that they are doing the things like automatically they are used to damping everything, and uh, it's difficult to not do it like a robot, but make the big amount of the coffees and the shots and everything. So one thing which could be helpful for them is the technique from the psychologist's term, mindfulness. So that means that you are really full, full not con you are concentrated on that work, but you are, still, you are still not judging the things, all the things in the work. It's not during making the coffee, but also like the, the whole working, because you just see the all things. If you are really consciously at work, you see all the things around. So typically I make it when I'm steaming the milk, because that's like 20 seconds of doing nothing, just holding the jack and, and steaming. And I can nicely look around the cafe and I, I see everything. I see all the customers who, who, who is coming inside, who is coming outside. I'm can check the milk in the fridge, I can check the napkins, I can talk with the customer a little bit, I can check my colleague uh, in the till, and I can look around, and if I do, don't do that, I'm more like a robot, and I don't like that part of my job, so I'm trying really to be really consciously at my work. So I think it's really important, not only for me, but also for my colleagues, for everybody is doing 
this big amount of coffees in the shop. So the good thing about that is that it's a thing you can train. You can, you can, we can try it together now. If I can ask you, everybody, to close your eyes, just for a while, don't afraid. I will not steal anything from you. And the difference between the concentration and mindfulness is that if you concentrate on something, you actively concentrate and you, you, you are judging it. So with a customer, if I see him, I see, okay, he's the red shoes. So he will be maybe a little bit weird. He has big beard and he has weird glasses. With the mindfulness, if I just, I just see him. You just see the things and you let them go. But you know them, you know them. And if you close your eyes, you, you can try, like, if you just try to hear all the noises around, you will hear the climb here, somebody's walking, somebody's speaking. You just know the, you know the things, but you just let them go, just, just noticing them. That's, that's mindfulness for me, just noticing the things. You can do it with the sides, you can uh, do it with your body sensations, so you can feel your body. Uh, it's a technique used also with the, with the, with the Buddhist. Let's say I'm not a Buddhist, I'm not uh, like taking people to my community, but <laughs> it's used for in other ideas. Okay, you can open your eyes. Um, I'll do it at work and it's real helpful to, to me and uh, I see it from the position as a manager of the shop. It gives me a lot because before that, uh, before I was, I was just like the ordinary barista, no, no offense, but I was just concentrating on my job. I was making the coffee and that, that was it. Now when I'm managing the shop, I'm making less coffee definitely, but the important for me is to taking care of a lot of small things and keeping the all things together. So how I see before, I see like, okay, the napkins are running, so I need to get new napkins. I see the fridge, I need to order some milk, I need to some, order some beverages. And seeing all the things helps me to improve myself in my job. And that's what I would like to, to, like to talk about today, because we are really focused on improving our espresso, our coffee and everything, but we should improve ourselves also as a people, as a humans, because that would help us to to be better, to be better, better stop not making the coffee, but we're working with the customers. Uh, it's connected with the social intelligence, another term from psychology. Uh, Tibor was talking about a little bit about that. I have some hints for him. See Tibor, yeah, was making notes when talking about uh, about hiring the people and about the rock stars. I see exactly the same in our shop. We are when we are looking for somebody, we are as well looking for the rock star, which is the face of the, of, the, of the coffee shop. But we're also looking for some people who will be working in that shop. <laughs> I think you know that. Uh, and I have a hint for you about the score sheets from the, from the that you, for the hiring maybe you can use the score sheets from the competition because there's a lot of like similar things like attention to details, like professionalism, body, you know, <laughs> the balance and aftertaste and all, all other things. Uh, but the social intelligence for me uh, means, how I said, to work on myself, to be better, to work to uh, to work better with the, with the, with the customers. Because using that, 
I can sell much more things. I can speak with the people more. I can, I can feel what they, they want from me because it happens so often that somebody comes to the till and he says, okay, uh, in Czech, we, we espresso usually called preso. It's uh, the Czech term, I would say. And it's difficult because in Czech, 10 years ago, 10 years ago, you will never get espresso. The real, I mean, the, espresso, the only one espresso. And a lot of people are used to, the older generation are used to say just, it will be like coffee. Okay, so you come in coffee shop and there are like espresso, cappuccino, espresso macchiato, a lot of things you can get and you say just coffee. So sometimes it's difficult to, to know what the customer wants, and, but if you a little bit know the customer, you can, you can know how to handle with him. So if it's a young boy, you can just have a small talk with him. Hey, you know, it's not called presso more, it's espresso more if you want like the, the small one, or it's, you can get something, filter coffee or what else. If there's an old man, I would not like give him a speech about how to call the coffee. But every time you can get the customer what he wants, even he doesn't know it is what he wants. But it's all about working with the people. And it's the, I think it's the weak part of our jobs. And we should concentrate on that too. Not in Czech, because uh, when I was traveling around, I see a lot of... I would say arrogancy of the baristas, not in Czech, also in the in the in the different countries. <laughs> and I'm going to the coffee shop because of the people behind the bar. Also, of course, I want to get good coffee, but the people behind the bar are also important for me. And I think it's the same everywhere. So I want to see the friendly faces, the people who really are listening to me and they, they, they are knowing me. So the, the social intelligence, how you, how you can look at the people, how you can talk to them is really important part of that job. And the behavioral psychology is also connected with that, with the conditioning habits and prohibitions. Um, conditioning, I mean, there was a research that everybody, uh, if you take a shower and you are wiping with a towel, you are doing it the same way, still, the same way. You can try it tonight, if you are having a shower. And the people are used to make, have the conditions and habits, also in the, with the, connected with the coffee. A lot of people like put sugar in their coffee before they taste it, and that, that's a habit. That's the condition that used to do that, like 40 years ago, because 10 years ago, until the next history, there was nothing else than the bitter coffee. So they get to use that the coffee is connected with the sugar. And there is only how to say them that it's not so needed to put sugar in the coffee. And there are several ways to say it. And how you say it, it's, it's important for me because I would like to people go outside from my shop like really satisfied. If I said no sugar, please. That's one way. Yeah, you can say sugar, what you say, get away. I don't want like to speak to like this to my customers. I would like to say them in a nice way that there is another possibility. They can try it without sugar or just take uh, one spoon instead of three. Or because it's a long run, it's a, it's a long distance run. We have a customer which uh, comes first and first time in our shop and we are talking about the filter coffee. He said that, 
Oh, I, I like your filter coffee, and I'm I'm not able to do the filter coffee the same way uh, at home. So how? It, why is it that? So we discuss about the water, about the grinding, about the everything stuff he's using, and then we find out that it was it was the coffee bed, but. The thing is, that the first time he came, he was taking some latte or I don't know what, and he was used to put a lot of sugars inside. And after half year, he's coming every day to our shop, he's drinking only espresso and the filter coffee. I don't want to say like that filter coffee and espresso is the only uh, possible way to drink coffee, definitely not. But like the change of the person is, was, was for a longer run. And if I take it, if I tell him at the first time, uh, if you put the sugar inside, don't, don't come back. Like, you don't mean, you don't need to say that at the time, but like under the words, under the lines, he will never come back. And it will be pity because now I'm, it's a nice guy. I know him for two years. I'm inviting him for my wedding. So we built some relationship, relationship together. And I think that's the part of my job which I really like. And which is a little bit in the shade of the technical things, of the espresso. I have some pictures here for you, so you can maybe see some samples of your customers in the coffee shop. Uh, and you can try, there are several things how to recognize the people, like uh, behind the bar if they come to the till, because uh, if you see just, just the people, you, you can recognize him. If he's angry, if he needs uh, coffee for free, sometimes happen, or if he just uh, <laughs> if he just needs a nice touch, because there was a research that uh, the, t the nice word has the same effect as a touch. So I don't want you to, to touch the customers, but it would be weird. They will want to be look like this then. But it has this, it has the same effect. So talking and the words are really strong strong power for us. So I think you know a lot of those faces in the cafe shop. <laughs> Maybe of those. <laughs> yeah, I know that faces. Um, yeah, Lieberman was the, the guy who was uh, saying that the words has the same effect as the touch. And Martin Seligman, the American psychologist, says that giving the things meanings makes you more happier. That sounds really easy to say and to, to make, but there's something true on it, some true on it. Because he he divided the life into three parts into let's say pleasures, uh, the engagements, the relationships, and the meaning. And if you have a lot of money, you can get a lot of pleasures for sure. But without the meanings, the the people are, after some while they're losing their happiness. Like let's say, let's say happiness, if it could we say it in just one word, but if you put the meaning to the things, and that means to me, I'm not just making the coffee in the shop, because if I will be just come to at work and make 200 coffees and go home, uh, I will burn out in a one month, maybe two months. But if I know why I'm doing it, because of the people behind the bar, because of my customers, because I like the coffee itself, to working with that and recognizing it. So that gives me meaning why I'm doing it. And that's also important to me. And if you have the meaning, and if you have the relationships, then the pleasures are just the cherry on the top. 
yeah, we talk about the changing the moods of the customers because uh, using just the, using the words, you can bring the people. There is a technique, uh, open door technique called if come the customer to the tail and he's shouting, on, or not shouting, but he's very, let's say, arrogant, he is uh, bad way work, uh, like behaving, you can do the same as him. And uh, there are a lot of times I wanted to do that, but it wouldn't help, of course. And when the time the customer leaves, you are upset, and you are two hours after he leaves, you are still angry, and that's not the way I, I, I like to do that. So there's an open door technique when you just let them let the emotions go. You just stay in the way. You lead the customers to spit on you and do everything he wants and say, yeah, okay, okay. And but if you don't behave like in the same way as him, he changed the mood. Definitely, he would. Uh, the one of the last things I would like to speak is uh, the applica application senses. It's something which I did two years ago on the competition. Uh, I tried to use the senses because I heard some small interview in the radio and then I find out the research about the senses. It actually it was done on the, on the whiskey, not with the copy, but with the whiskey. It would be more interesting for me, but uh, they said it's also good working with the coffee. And they were speaking about how the, the senses could change the taste of your whiskey or coffee. And there are several things. They were t talking about the sounds. I have some samples for you. I hope it, they would work. That by sounds, you can affect slightly the, how, you, how you feel the taste of coffee, whiskey, or everything. And in the research that was written, the sweet, sweet, sweetness is supported by high-pitched tones. So if you're listening to the piano and high-pitched bells and high-pitched tones, it supports the sweetness of the drink. I have some samples. The opposite of the sweetness is uh, the bitterness, which is supported with the very low tones. And there was also a lot of speaking about the music, what is playing in your cafe or a restaurant or whatever, that if you have really difficult music for people, the, the food, would be not so enjoyable. So, like the first sound, I hope it would be working. Yeah, there are the lower tones. So, if I speak a little bit lower, and you will be tasting the coffee now, maybe it will be a little bit more bitter. Maybe. <laughs> but I, w I was using that in the in the in the performance in the exhibition, uh, exhibition not competition, and I put the headphones to the judges, and they were listening to the tones. This is the second sample of the music. I'm not sure I would like to listen during my meal or drinking the coffee. But in these days, in these hipster days, I heard a lot of that music. <laughs> yeah, this is the same way. Beautiful coffee, beautiful meal, <laughs> sweet. <laughs> I think. with the sweetness, I think. Yes. They are the high pitch tones. And I was trying it like blindly. I put just the, some people the headphones and play the music. Don't say the word about the sweetness, about the bitterness, anything. But it's spectacular if, if it works or not. But it was fun to doing the research about that. <laughs> so there are the senses and there was also some uh, some references about uh, about the colors that the red color supports the sweetness. So I now understand the 
red color has been. <laughs> and about the shape of the glasses that the rounded shape supports, as well as the sweetness. There are a lot of us talking about the sweetness. Uh, and the last part, oh, that's my phone. The last part is uh, the economy psychology. It's the last meaning. Uh, I think everybody of us are using that, the loyalty cards. And I think in general, if you, if you are able to build the relationship with the customers, they will come back, definitely. And you don't need the loyalty cards at all, because they will come to you if you serve nice coffee. And if you build a relationship with them, they will come back to you and for the good coffee. And that will be all. <laughs> Thank you. Okay. Hi. Um, yeah, sorry. I had a question about the sugar thing. Because uh, my friends, they have a bar in Amsterdam where I sometimes uh, work guest shifts. And they're very particular about the sugar. They had uh, one pot, you know, it was behind the bar. And whenever someone would ask for it, they would explain, like, no, please try without, blah, blah, blah. And then uh, one day they decided we're sick of it and we're getting rid of the sugar. And then everyone got so upset, there was no talking to them. Um, would you ever consider making a bold move like that? Or is it like, no, you can't do anything against it, it's just the way it is? Um, that's, I, I'm, I'm maybe not that kind of person, because I don't like this offensive way to saying not sugar in the coffee. Because I, I don't, there are times when I need the sugar. Not, I'm not saying in the coffee, but you know, when I'm tired and the bad day. So we need a lot of sugar and you take the cake and the coffee. And I can imagine that somebody is taking the cappuccino with two sugars. I know some of them persons. I'm not, they are living in the village behind the Prague. And, but saying the customer what he, he should do or not is for me too offensive. For me, it's, how I said it was, it's like for run for a long distance. So you can, you, you need to work with them, but before that you need to create the relationship with him. And then he will maybe, he maybe will be willing to take it without the sugar, but saying we have no sugar here because we, we think the sugar is ruining the coffee is for me the bad way how to say that. So I, I will not like uh, put the sugar balls to the other room. I think the thing is as well, if you don't start the conversation with somebody, you know, if you can't even have the beginning conversation because they always have sugar, mm -hmm. then you miss that opportunity to give them delicious coffee, which we should never do. We should always try and um, start that conversation as, as, as we can. Um, are there any more questions? Microphone coming across. Yeah. Coming here. Make Steve is run. putting me running this yeah. afternoon. <laughs> Uh, Adam, uh, you are working in Emma, which is a queue uh, kind of cafe. Uh, people are waiting in queue. Uh, are you experiencing some kind of like waiting anger that you ha you are waiting in line like for 15, 20 minutes? Uh, are you experiencing this or or not? People yeah, I, are good with, with the waiting or? I need to say I'm really surprised that uh, I wouldn't say that people in Czech would be able to wait in line for so long time, but they are. If they if in final get good coffee, they can wait for that 10, 15 minutes. 
and when they come to Emma, they yeah maybe they wait like ten minutes in the queue, but after they make an order, they they get a coffee really quickly. So we have we don't have much more angry people in the queue, and we have we have a lot of regulars which are used to that, and I'm glad we don't have them. <laughs> Adam, have you have you ever been to Monmouth Coffee in London? It's like on a Saturday morning, you'll go to Monmouth and people will queue up for over an hour for an espresso, like over an hour. And they are happy to do it. They actually st sit in queue, stand in queue smiling. It's, it's crazy. People will wait for delicious things. You know, this whole send, having to do things quickly all of the time, I, I don't buy into. I think if you have something great, I'll wait as long as I have to for something great. I find with that, that the... In that, in, in that type of environment, it's really difficult then to make the conversation with the people because when you have the queue of the people to the door, it's difficult to, to start the conversation. How are you? How was yesterday? And they will start to talk to you, but you, have, you see the, the orders behind you. It's, it's difficult and it's something which I'm still fighting. I'm really enjoying the work at EMMA, but I'm missing somehow the part that you have the time for your, for your customer. I think if you're working hard, people will forgive. If you're working slowly and chatting, then people in the queue will come after you. I have you. some colleagues. <laughs> I have some colleagues like that. <laughs> um, another question? Okay, works. If you build your own cafe one day, would you do a table service or would you do the espresso kind of bar style? It's hard to say. I think the... The table service is more difficult, much more difficult, and you need more people to for the service. And I'm not sure. It would it would depend on the on the space uh, of the cafe. If it would be able, I would be I, I would be for no table service. But like in MI, it's the people take an order, they pay, and then you bring we bring them the things. So there is still, if it's not really busy, there is a time to stop with them and to talk with them, or if they're waiting behind the machine, we can talk with them a little bit. But I see it's much more easier to us. Uh, we are not wasting like wasting the time, uh, like coming to this table and say, are you okay? Yeah, everything, because a lot of people would sit there for two hours with one tea and they are okay for two, three hours. So then we'd be wasting all the time to come to the table 10 times and ask, are you okay? Yeah, we are very okay, thank you. Maybe the new carafe of water if you could, because it's for free. Um, but I think it's, it's a waste of, not every, every time, but if I could, I would make it without the table service. More questions? We got T-Bar. Not only does he present, he wants to ask questions as well. <laughs> Get Extra his time. full money's worth. <laughs> so there's this point of view, and we've touched upon it uh, earlier today, that, that somehow when we look for people who we want to work with, um, we can teach them how to make coffee, but personality is something that cannot be thought, taught. Uh, would you agree, or do you think we could have some sort of a psychological training, 
how to endure stress situations, conflict situations, sugar situations, sugar etc. Situation. That's you. good, 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 good term, sugar situation. We have a sugar situation there on table number three. <laughs> We have a situation. <laughs> Checked. Uh, I think it could be helpful. I would say that you have a coach in your cafe and it helps you, if I get it right. And I think it could be helpful because like improving myself, I'm improving my working skills. So if I, if I, if I train how to handle with some situations, uh, like speaking with people if somebody is angry or he's drunk or whatever, I can handle it more, like with more relaxed way and it will be uh, then better for everybody, for the both sides of us. So I think, yeah, it, it could help. I, I, in a previous life, not a lot of people know that I used to be a prison officer. Um, and you have to deal with sugar situations um, or, or somebody trying to kill you situations. Uh, and in those things, you actually taught how to deal with those things. And I think we, we, ha we talk about customer service as something that, oh, you, you know, you've either got it or you haven't. And, and I... I agree to an extent that there are some things that you can't teach. Common sense of dealing with customers, being nice to them is common sense. But there are you do need training on how to deal with certain things that are thrown at you in any job. Um, you know. They are repeating in many spheres of your life, not in just in cafe, but also in your relationship at home or everywhere. So can customer service be taught? For sure, to an extent, but you need to have the foundation module already installed inside of you before you, uh, b before you can really build on it. Um, but yeah, I think you need to be taught these things. How, how to deal with an angry customer is very difficult if you've never dealt with an angry customer before. And, uh, and I think that there were in Czech, there was uh, times like there was a rule, not written rule, but that the customer is always right. And that was difficult to deal with the first cafe where I worked because it was a little bit Porsche cafe. And they were paying a lot of money, the customers, and they sometimes they want to show that they have the money and they were behaving real, really bad. And there was, there, were, there was no time for like debate, debating with them, like they are not right and so on. So I think the line between the, the arrogancy and but the second side, like keeping my own... Uh, like approach to, to the coffee or to the customer is very tiny, but and very difficult to to keep, but it's worth it. The customer is always right, but it so is. is the shop owner. And if the <laughs> shop owner wants to do it in a certain way, the customer has the complete right to walk out of that shop and never go back again. Um, yeah, the, the, and I'm glad that some customers never come back again. <laughs> <laughs> customer service. <laughs> Any more Any questions? More questions? Yes. I'm looking. Anybody? We are done. All right. Oh, there's oh. one. We were nearly done. You were nearly let off the hook then. <laughs> Come on, run, Callie, run. One more time. <laughs> Can somebody over this side ask a question next time? <laughs> Preferably at the top. <laughs> uh, hi, Adam. Uh, very inspiring. Thank you very much. Uh, it made me think because, uh, and I think Tibor said that uh, earlier, when I started uh, to work as a barista, I, was, I thought I knew everything about coffee. I was pretty ignorant, arrogant. And the more I work as a barista, and that's actually the thing I love the most about the job, that uh, I'm learning about people's emotions. And 
I feel close to, closer to people. I, I'm trying to understand them more. And I love your attitude. I love uh, the kindness you're showing you know, during the customer service. Uh, I can feel that from you. Uh, so my question is, uh, because I, I love this attitude uh, also, but when I'm really tired, I have a queue for eight hours in the shop, uh, I'm, you know, kind of losing that. So what is your recipe for, for maintaining this, uh, this attitude? Uh, keep smiling and... <laughs> no, I'm... Uh, the last days, in MI, I was, well, because when I was preparing for the temper tantrum, I was more thinking about a thing, and maybe in general that's why I'm competing, because uh, the preparing for the competition is for me much more important than the competition itself. Uh, that if you are more relaxed you are, you are, no, back. You are not quicker, you are not uh, working quicker if you are like more stressed. So more relaxed you are, more kind you can look and the people are more nice to you. You can speak them just few words, but if they if they know that they get that they got to your time, like even if it's just few seconds, they are satisfied and you are fine and you are relaxed. So keep smiling and take it relaxed. <laughs> Sounds easy, thank you. <laughs> Any more questions out there? Well, Adam, I super enjoyed that. It was, uh, it was a great presentation. Uh, again, one I'm sure that's going to be watched over and over again on the, uh, on the videos when it goes live. Please, a huge round of applause for Adam.